Well, here's an obvious statement. The Angels need some pitching in 2024, and three of those potential pitchers that the Angels may have wanted to pick up are now off the market. So who are they, and who should the Halos consider, and what can we learn from those signings? Lots to talk about on this Thanksgiving edition. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And if you'd like to give back to the Super Halo Bros for all the Angel content, here's some things that you can do. Leave us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. And if you're not subscribed already, please subscribe to become a Locked On Everydayer. And whether you're watching or listening, come on over to YouTube, leave a comment. It's one of the best ways to get in touch with us be a part of the conversation happy thanksgiving to you and thank you for being here for this episode of locked on angels where it's your team every day you've got the fresh brothers here with you aka the super halo bros my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john hey shout out to our locked on everydayers tuning in and turning on locked on angels on thanksgiving day because that's how we know you're the most loyal you got us playing in the background while you're cooking or getting the casseroles ready to go I'm sure everybody appreciates Or when you got the family around the table, you just put it on the big screen. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Is that that gravy you got there? (laughs) A little pumpkin pie action? Let's go. Hey, uh, we are grateful that you are here. And thank you for, uh, first of all, letting us be the two people who get to talk about the Angels for the Locked On Podcast Network. It's a a pleasure and a privilege. So we want to say thank you to you for that. Hey, on today's show, Mike, we're talking about three pitchers. Who are no longer on the market and if there should have been a chance that they would have signed with the angels should the angels have gone after them what do we do now uh there's a lot of questions to be asked here and a lot of answers to get into so let's get started john let's talk about a former angel that we experienced just a a quick blip on the radar last season and that's yeah. reynaldo lopez he signed this last week with the braves for three years $30 million and the contract mm-hmm. really breaks down. Uh, it's more money in year two and in year three than it is in year one. Uh, the interesting thing about this, Johnny, and I'd love your thoughts on this, is that the story out of The Athletic is that Lopez is going to start preparing as a starter this winter yeah. and that the Braves are going to stretch him out in spring training with the hope that he could be somebody that's in the starting rotation at the beginning of 2024. Now he, he did average 32. uh, I'm sorry. He did have 32 games starts uh, in his career um, with the white Sox in 2018 and 2019. So he's got some versatility. He hasn't done it in a while Mm -hmm. and locked on hall of famer, Brent McGuire said, I'm not convinced that this will succeed, but I'm nonetheless intrigued to see what happens. And we've learned that what Brent has to say, well, it's gold, baby. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering your thoughts on this, John, and what an interesting dynamic because the Angels have some history with this. We'll get into that in just a moment. But your initial thoughts on Lopez signing with the Braves, but not being in the bullpen, but potentially being a starter. When, when the Braves see something in you that says, hey, I think this guy could be a starter, I, I would listen to the Braves, Mike. Hmm. I would listen to the, the minds and the coaches and the staff who determined that decision and said, yeah, I think Ronaldo Lopez could start. He's definitely got the stuff. He's got a good pitch mix. Yeah. He also 
is really good out of the bullpen too. And he was really good for us as well. I am interested to know why this is the route that they're, that they're going. I mean, yeah. bullpen arms are not easy to come by because they are so volatile and Lopez has proven to be a consistent bullpen arm over the years. But this is an interesting route to go considering the starting pitching free agent market that's out there right now. But to stretch Reynaldo Lopez out and try to get him into the Braves rotation, I trust the Braves. And sure. and it's funny because if you would have asked me if this is something the Angels should have done, I would hesitate. But then I yeah. got to thinking about, hey, they did it with Michael Lorenzen. And yep. Lorenzen went on to the Tigers, became an all-star and and was okay with the Phillies, but he was good enough for the Phillies to want to trade for him. Right. And 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 so for me, I'm like, yeah, I guess it can be done. And and the Angels certainly were able to do it. I am disappointed though because he's somebody you wanted as a bullpen piece. He's somebody yeah. I wanted as a bullpen piece. You you signed him in your GM episode. He was I off did. the table for me. But th- I can't say that I saw this coming, and I can't say that I expected this to happen. But if the if the Braves are okay with doing it again. I, I trust the Braves. They're recent World Series champions. Uh, they, the Braves really can't go wrong when they have designs on making somebody from a reliever to a starter. Yeah, Kelvin Escobar is another name that I was thinking of as somebody that was mm. a reliever and then came and started with the Angels. The Angels um, weren't the team that decided that he should be a starter, but they were the team mm-hmm. that gave him the opportunity to start regularly so Lorenzen and Escobar are two names that had some success I think Escobar was a bit better than Lorenzen in his angel career for sure Johnny it's interesting because I don't know (laughs) I don't know if the angels have the luxury of even thinking about things like no no. right (laughs) and and maybe I should say the angels don't have the luxury of even thinking about things like this and and the Braves do because the Braves have been so good and they have such a, a strong starting rotation they also have a really good bullpen. It's interesting with the volatility with bullpen pieces and not sure who you're going to get. I, I wonder if they aren't even thinking about that because they're confident in who they have in their pen. I know that they traded a bunch of guys for Aaron Bummer. The Braves did. Yes. And yeah. and so they're trying to really solidify their team and perhaps make a move for some other players as well. I know that Shohei was uh, rumored to be talking with him, but who's he not rumored to be talking with? The interesting thing about this, though, is taking that guy who was really good in the bullpen and putting him in that starting rotation. I think that this is a this is a good move for Lopez because he's going to be successful no matter where he pitches because he's got mm-hmm. a really strong fastball, a fastball that's really hard to hit, and if he if he places it well and if he throws it hard. Gosh, I could just see him really being successful in whatever he does, but specifically in the starter realm. Johnny, is there somebody on the Angels that has this potential that maybe we need to take from the bullpen and move into the starting rotation? Let's say we have the luxury to think about that, first of all. Yeah. But is there somebody that you can think of? Before I answer your question, I have a name for you. You ready for this one? Yeah. Neftali Feliz. Oh, yeah. I remember him. With the Rangers. Yep. Guy threw gas out of the bullpen. Yeah. And they tried to convert him to a starter because they liked the velocity on his fastball, Mike. And it it reminds me of the fact that perhaps there's not a lot of starting pitching out there who throws really hard. And if the Braves are emphasizing that, they're like, well, 
let's take this guy who does throw really hard and turn him into a starter rather than going the route of trying to find somebody who can almost hit 100 miles an hour on his fastball. I mean, obviously Shohei can do it. He's not going to pitch to start next season, but uh, there's not a lot of guys that are throwing heat as a starter. So I think that kind of might be the... uh, the, the game plan here is let's sure. get a hard throwing starter because that's what we want to emphasize in the future. So that might be what they're thinking about. Well, there. and this contract is really great if he does oh, become a strong, con- uh, a strong starter for them, right? As a bullpen piece, it's maybe a, a bit on the expensive side, but if he becomes a starter three years, 30 million, like you can't beat that. But again, yeah. back to the question, is there somebody with the angels that you think has that potential to move into the rotation out of the bullpen? Or is there somebody that's a starter right now that perhaps needs to be in the bullpen to be a bit more successful? Is it cheating if I say Sam Bachman? Because <laughs> that's I know that we, my mind too. Yeah. <laughs> we, we want to see Sam Bachman yeah. start. And I think yeah. he has the uh, the ability to do that. Um, not cheating, but where, not at all. <laughs> but where he, where he learns how to do that, I mean, it feels like that's a move you want to make. You want to put him in the minors, hmm. give him some starts, and 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 then see how that converts to the majors yeah but as a bullpen piece he's been pretty good for the angels when he wasn't hurt right and so it really depends on like what's your need now and and who are you counting on in your bullpen and in your rotation mike if i had to go the other route to me it's jose suarez obviously because he is a strong bullpen guy he has trouble getting through the uh one through nine more than once and so to get him in there for an inning or two to take on three to six guys or three, six plus is, is not a bad thing because that way he's, he's in, he's out, he's done his job. He's gotten through two innings. I think that's where we've seen Jose Suarez have success in the past. Yeah. And I think he could do that again. So to me, it's Sam Bachman. I would like to see him be a starter, but I also think at the same time, you kind of sacrifice him being in your bullpen at the major league level. However, maybe they come into this spring training and say, Hey, we want to make Sam into a starter. And when there's an opportunity available, he can, he can start for us. Um, I also think about Davis Daniel and, and what his role is going to look like. I think that uh, with the crowded rotation that they have right now and the angels having designs on signing more starting pitching, I think you're going to find a lot of these guys who can start will either make spot starts or come out of the bullpen for the Angels in 2024. Hey, we want to thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Coming up on Locked On Angels, when is loyalty a good thing? Well, we're going to talk about Aaron Nola and the Phillies and how that relationship is something the Angels can learn from. We'll talk about that coming right up. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And it's part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. And if you haven't done so already, everydayers, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's all the sports stories you want to hear about on Locked On Sports Today 24-7, 365, covering the top stories in sports. And you can see your favorite local experts of Locked On from All the teams around the league, all the teams across the sports world are there for you. And they even have their national shows 
as well. So go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Johnny, I have a question for you. You ready Mm -hmm. for this? Now you have to, you almost have to like wipe your memory away from this last season as I ask this question. Who would you prefer before this last season? Lance Lynn or Lucas Giolito? Oh man. I think I think Lynn was having the better season before 2023. I think he was like Giolito was great in 2021, but I think Lance Lynn was the better pitcher more recent. Yeah. After that. So uh yeah, coming into 2023, I think Lance Lynn would have would have been the guy I would have chosen. What's interesting about Lynn is that he uh just recently signed with the Cardinals, one year, mm-hmm. ten million dollars. Includes it includes a, a three million dollar performance bonus. Mm-hmm. Um he said it's a no-brainer for him to sign with the Cardinals. He lives an hour and a half away, so he gets to sleep at home <laughs> during home games. So he was really excited about that. Again, the humanity of these players sometimes we forget about be able to go home, see your wife, see your kids. And I think he has a few kids. And so it's nice to be able to have dad at home. What's interesting about Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito is there was a lot of conversation about both of them at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and the Angels went in the Giolito direction, and I think that was the right move out of the two because Giolito's the younger guy and perhaps could have really been a huge part of the rotation for a winning mm-hmm. team, unfortunately. We all know how that went. And then the other piece that's really fascinating is Lynn goes to the Dodgers, and he was not having a great year, But for maybe his first few starts, seems like Mark Pryor and the Dodgers figured something out with Lance Lynn, and some teams started to figure him out again. But for the most part, he had a a pretty good last half of the season with the Dodgers and was able to make the playoffs. And so this move with the Cardinals, it honestly, it, it feels like the Cardinals are the angels from a few years ago trying to sign players that can fill a roster spot instead yeah. of having a they plan. also got Kyle Gibson too as well they did. That was and, recent. Yeah. and it was like a 12 million dollar one-year deal or something along those lines so again it feels like the Cardinals are doing what the Angels used to do so I, I bring that up because I want to ask you are, are you are you bummed that the Angels didn't get Lance Lynn or are you excited that they're not filling roster spots but maybe perhaps being a bit more strategic and thoughtful about the players that they're going to sign yeah, you know what it comes down to, Mike, is the the Cardinals are trying to get away from all of the pitch-to-contact guys that they had last year. We've talked about it a lot with the Cardinals, and that's that they didn't make any adjustments yeah. to the shift and the pitch clock. They kind of rolled into 2023 with the same thing they had going in 2022 and didn't anticipate any changes. Now, there were teams that maybe overly anticipated the changes, but the Cardinals are a great example of what went wrong if you don't make any adjustments to the league and its new rules. And I think that the Cardinals are emphasizing a guy like Lance Lynn because he throws hard. They want that fastball Mm. velocity. They want that strikeout capability. And I'm not too familiar with Gibson. I need to get into his stats. But with Lance Lynn, that's a severe departure from where this pitching staff was last season. And going to your point about filling roster spots, the Angels don't have any roster spots to fill. Yes, because... They are going to try and sign somebody as a starting pitcher. I think, Mike, that you're going to see them add a starting pitcher, and then you're going to see a combination of, you know, Griffin Canning, Patrick Sandoval, Reed Detmers, and Chase Silseth fill out the rest of that five-man rotation. Tyler Anderson might be kind of a back-and-forth swingman kind of guy if he can't figure out what made him great with the Dodgers. But what I'm saying is 
the Angels are going to make the move that they need to make, which is a a frontline starter. And mm. I don't know if that comes via free agency right now because we know that Aaron Nola is off the board. I know Blake Snell is still out there, but I did see a, a tweet that said the only two years that Blake Snell got to over 130 innings were his two Cy Young years. Mm. And so, yes, that's great that when he does perform, he is in Cy Young contention or even wins it, but 130 innings is not a lot for a starter. And so I wonder if the Angels have to go the route of trading for a Dylan Cease or Tyler Glass now. Ken Rosenthal on foul territory said that he thinks Glass now is the first one to be traded because mm. he's got a $25 million salary this coming season, and the Rays are going to want to shed that. Uh, the other two is Corbin Burns and Shane Bieber. I know Burns will likely stick with the Brewers. I know that there was talk about kind of changing some things there, but now that um, Brandon Woodruff is no longer uh, on that team, I think yeah. that does change how the Brewers approach the offseason. So, Mike, I, I'm not convinced that the Angels are going to go the free agency route at this point. I think they're going to try to go out and make some sort of trade for hmm. a you know, a one starter, a frontline starter. What do you think? I saw an interesting stat last week. Um, the Angels in their trades from the last couple of years have netted a negative 9.5 war. Mm-hmm. So they 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 were in the negative uh, in their trades. And so the guys they gave away versus the guys they got, it, it netted them a negative 9.5 war. Yeah. You lost so, nine and a half games because of the <laughs> trades you made. Yeah, so, that's what it so is. So if they're, they're going to make trades – they got to be better, and that's and that's yeah. on Perry specifically. He's yeah. got to be better at identifying who it is that he's bringing in. So when you bring up a trade, here's here's my thought. I wonder if because of the history of not having great trades, if the Angels would even be in the conversation for somebody like an Alec Manoa, because he was somebody that was really struggling with the Blue Jays, and mm-hmm. you're not sure who you're getting, right? But I could see them being in the conversation for a glass now because Tyler Glass now has produced. He's been good. Yeah. Now that $25 million salary could be a sticking point, right, for the Halos because they have a lot of really strong contract contracts, and depending on what they do with Shohei. I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't believe it, but I'm going to say it out loud, and then you can just poo-poo it if you think it's stupid because <laughs> it probably is stupid. Could they get Could they get Glass now? Maybe throw in a, a top-rated minor league guy, but also Anthony Rendon? <laughs> what do you think? No, they're, they're not going to add that salary to are, their Are you poo-pooing it? Paper. I'm poo-pooing <laughs> it immediately because yeah. you've got Glass now's 25 versus Rendon's 38. They right. like. Their, their whole objective is to shed salary. Now, I will say we might see one of our starting rotation pieces in a trade for sure. Glass now because, like I said, there's there's not a lot of room, Mike, with the yeah. guys that they want to roll with. So I could see a Griffin Canning, maybe even a Reed Detmers. As much as I would be disappointed to lose somebody like Detmers, right. I think that that's a route that the Rays would want to go. But you have to zoom out and consider – what do the Angels want to do? Do they want one year of Tyler Glass now to go all in again this year? I mm. don't think that it's a good idea to go all in. And once we start to see some of the moves that they're making, I think that we're going to get a better picture of what they are wanting to do with this upcoming season. But if you give up your future in somebody like Detmers for one year of Glass now, that's a big indication to me that, yeah, yeah they're going to try to go for it. So, when I think about frontline starters, I think it they they're going to have to figure out a way that it doesn't cost them somebody 
uh, that they can count on in the future. Maybe yeah. the Rays always have designs on finding somebody that you know is flying under the radar in somebody else's system, and so maybe there's somebody in the system now that the Rays are they've got their eye on and the angels don't know what they're sitting on with a right. particular pitcher. I, I saw uh, this number just, I think it was yesterday or the day before the angels starting rotation right now, as is, is going to cost about $22 million in the next mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. John, is there a world where they just run with that starting rotation where it is Anderson, Silseth, Canning, Sandoval, Detmers, and then you have, Bachman learning how to how to pitch as a starter. You have yeah. Davis Daniel. Like we, we talk about, like not getting somebody to try to go all in, quote unquote. Yeah. Like, is it is it bad? I don't know if it's bad. Is it that's, bad? To, that's to my just, world. To just you run with in, those guys. In what world does that take place? It takes place in John Frisch's world. Okay. Because yeah, I don't have any expectations for next season. Yeah, and I think that you need a season to see what happens with this new coaching staff. You need a season to see what happens if these guys are in a five-man rotation. There's so many questions that need to be answered. And if you don't throw a bunch of money and say, we're going to take it all, you have the opportunity to see these guys grow. You have the opportunity to see these guys develop and see what comes out of it. Then you get your answer. You get your questions answered, I should say, in terms of this starting rotation and even guys who've been on the fringe for a while in terms of, of position players. And so you, you, you answer those questions in 2024 and then maybe you have something for 2025. You make adjustments, you figure out what you want to do, but yeah, I, I think I'm with you. There's a world where this is who the angels have. And yeah, a lot of people are going to hate that. That's what they're rolling with. But to me as a fan, I'm like, figure out, figure out what you have and, and see what you can roll with and see what is going to make an impact in your future. Johnny, somebody you've talked about is Aaron Nola. He's somebody to sign him. You've been excited about it. And I think he's a, a great player. He's 31 years old and he just recently signed a seven year deal with the Phillies at 172 million dollars mm-hmm. that's an aav around 24 million so he did take the jared weaver hometown discount right yeah. like he did get offered some other deals from other places but he turned them down that was the rumor at least and the belief really is amongst baseball people that the phillies are going to win the world series within the next three years or at least be competitive for the world series and try mm-hmm. to win in the next three years. And so that's why Nola wanted to stay. He's going to end up being, I think the second longest tendered Philly of all time uh, after, at the end of this contract, if he ends up staying yeah. for the whole thing, which, which is great. And it brings up an interesting conversation about loyalty because there's always conversations that talk about loyalty from the organization to the player And then there's conversations about the player to the organization, right? Yes. I love this move because it feels like both the organization and the player were on the same team. They're playing the same game. They really like each other. seems like Dave Dombrowski, he does this everywhere he goes, but it seems like he understands how to affirm players, support players, but also get the best out of those players. Mm -hmm. And that there isn't a lot of dead money that he throws around. It's money that is invested in helping the team to be better. So what, what can the angels learn 
from from the Phillies that maybe they haven't done really well in the past when they hand out these big giant contracts like the one Aaron Nolan got. They have to be on the verge of winning. The Phillies have, they were in the World Series two years ago. They were, you know, they, they didn't make it this year, but they were in the championship series against the Diamondbacks. And so that they, they, they've been on the verge of winning. And for Aaron Nola to be loyal, there's incentive there to go, oh, I want to be a part of this team who I helped get to the World Series and the championship series. Like, yeah, we, we have just as good of a shot as anybody else, if not better, if we get back to the World Series. And I want to be a part of that. So yeah. I think it was an easy decision for Aaron Nola to be loyal, not just in terms of like, he's already been in Philly his whole career, but to, to take what I think would be about $4 million less than what he could have gotten at 28. He took 24. I mean, Mike, the, the belief that the Phillies are going to win the series in the next three years. Yeah. I I'd buy that. I'd, yeah. I'd fan duel that right now. Like that's <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And, and so to me, the loyalty returns to the team when you return that loyalty to the player and you show them that you're serious about contending, you show them that you're serious about winning and then you go out there and prove it. Like the angels can talk all they want about like, yeah, we want to contend. We want to win. We want to do this. We want to do that. But until they get there, it's meaningless. And so I, I think that this is a lesson in how the angels could have, and maybe should have handled the Shohei Otani situation. If you had gotten Otani to the playoffs in the last three years of his incredible run, 21, 22, and 23, I think we're having a whole different conversation about Shohei Otani returning to the Angels because I think Otani would then see, hey, these guys are serious. And yeah, mm-hmm. we were just a game short here or we didn't win this series there. But if but if things had gone different, then we'd totally be in the World Series. And I think that's the lesson to be learned here is that Nola sees the track record of the Phillies and where they've been the last two or three years and how they've gotten there. He's been part of that. And now of course, of course you roll the dice on the Phillies. Like they give you the best chance to get to the world series in this seven year contract. Hmm. And whether that's at the beginning or the middle or the end, Aaron Nola's there and he's part of it and he's been part of it. He helped get them there. And I think again, to the, to the angels point, they could have and should have done way more even though they don't, I know all the injuries and all that stuff. I know this and that and the other. There, there's a lot more that these halos could have done while Shohei Otani was setting the world on fire with his outstanding play to get them to the playoffs, at least the playoffs. And Mike, we we say it all the time. They they crammed and studied the night before the exam by trying to go out and get all the pieces they needed before the trade deadline, which I commend them. That's what they should have done. But Yasha should have done that in the offseason and in 2022's deadline. And in 2021's deadline, like, you waited until the last minute to go, all right, Shohei, we're going for it. So, And I know that he appreciated that, and Shohei wanted to win with the Angels, but you can't do that. You, you need to have consistency and prove that you care and that you want to get this guy to the playoffs. That's what Aaron Nola has gotten with the Phillies. The Phillies are interesting because the, the signings, it's not like they're not spending money, but the signings are thoughtful. They're strategic. Yeah. And 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 specifically with with Nola, it, it of course you want him to stay and of course he mm-hmm. wants to stay because you've been winning, but that's been the big gap between the Phillies and the Angels. The Angels will try to make a big splash in the free agent market. That's why they're signing Anthony Rendon or that's yeah. why they're signing this person or that person. 
but they're not doing it because they think it's going to be the best move. Now we've had, we have argued that in entering the 2020 season, the angels did need a third baseman. Sure. But that's not all they needed, right? They needed a whole lot more than just that. They needed Zach Wheeler and, and, and already made Billy come home and talk to Rendon instead of Zach Wheeler. Right. When you have young Joe Adele and no disrespect to Joe Adele, I love how he's developing. But when you have young Joe Adele, who was what? 20, 21 at the time playing in the outfield and balls are bouncing off the top of his head. Like you can tell, like you haven't really, you haven't really been thoughtful about putting this roster together because you have Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. And then you have, who's that guy again? Out in, out in right field, right? And it doesn't happen that way with the Phillies. And even in the trades, I'm going to talk about Brandon Marsh. I think that was a great trade for them, although I really love that we got Logan O'Hoppy. Yeah. It was a great trade because it was a piece that they needed, affordable piece that they needed for their team to fit in with the guys that they've given big contracts to. And what it's done is it's turned this Phillies team into a team that's intimidating, a team that's going to be there in the end, a team that will compete for a championship. And now they're going to continue to do that. They're even looking at trading some of their big pieces so that they can open up roster spots to bring in younger guys that can help right. them get over the hump because they haven't gotten over the hump the last two years. And so I love that Dombrowski is thinking about those things. It seems like Perry has started to move down that road a bit. Sure. However, it, it it does feel like they're cramming for a test again because, John, this is his last year with the yeah. Angels unless he signs a longer deal. This is his last year. So, again, it feels like we're back in that same spot we've been in the last few years. Like, oh, I hope it works. I hope it works. I hope it works. I hope it works. And the no expectation line that you keep throwing out there is almost like, well, I don't want to have expectations because I don't want to get my heart broken again. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think you're right in the sense that they are on a trajectory that is a very good path with with – what they're doing this season in terms of the coaching staff and having Ron Washington there and and building some culture and trying to get the best out of this youth movement that they have going on. But again, the big question is where's Perry Manassian after this year? And what about the fact that they only have a GM and no assistant GM? What about the gutting of the minor league pitching system that they've done? You know, we know that uh, Dylan Axelrod and Buddy Carlisle, Connor Hinchlife isn't there anymore so are they going to replace that or is that not a priority anymore mike it's 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 just they're they have two directions that they can go and they can keep moving in this direction that helps the major league club but it can't come at the expense of the minor league system sure like it's been for all this time I, i i think that they are headed in the right direction we'll be talking about this team in the next five six years being a team that we can get behind and and have some confidence that they can get to the playoffs of the world series, but uh, I don't think that we can have those expectations now. And I think it would be remiss if they think that going all in this coming season is a good idea. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Every day is Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today, and they are there for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts from Locked On and our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. (laughs) 
Hey, give us a follow at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. If you're watching or listening, come on over to YouTube, comment below the video, get in on the conversation. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? It is Fan Mail Friday, so come and join us for those Thanksgiving leftovers and also for all of your questions and thoughts about what's happening with the Angels right now. And you can reach out to us on social media. You can give us a call on our voicemail. We would love to hear from you. Fan Mail Friday tomorrow on Lockdown Angels. All right, friends, have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thanks for being here with us, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.